HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. If your restaurant wants to put the best on the table, look for food with the New York State Certified Seal. It's food that is grown right, right here. Learn more at certified.ny.gov. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Brooklyn Kitchen, a cooking store located at 100 Frost Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Join me every Wednesday as I talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. Today's the first show of 2017. Uh, Back for another season, they let me come back and be here in the Heritage Studio behind Roberta's in Bushwick uh, every Wednesday. And uh, so I have a a back at my sort of short format uh, essay. So this one's called Time Traveling. I recently went through my box of receipts from 2016. Every year I say that I'm going to keep better track of my expenses and track them monthly. Invariably, the fourth quarter shows up, and I'm too busy to catch up from the previous three quarters, and so here I am in January again with a box full to sort through. I realize this time that I kind of like it. I go through and I sort the tiny slips of paper, credit card receipts in one pile that I don't really look at again since they're documented elsewhere, and cash receipts in another pile to be diligently tracked to see what I spent the money on. With so many ventures in my life, I need to keep track of what comes out of my pocket. To be fair, there are far less of these than there used to be, as more often than not, I'll use a card, get some miles, cash back, or just because I don't carry cash the way I used to. I don't think any of us do. But I love the trip back through the year. Finding a gasoline receipt from Maryland. Oh, yeah, that was the trip to D.C. for a wake and to see some friends. A train ticket from Japan bought with cash. That was the Shinkansen that took me to the squid fishing adventure I had in March. Cough drops from a CVS in Manhattan. That was when I was sick in the beginning of 2016. These aren't the stories we tell at parties or the moments we want remembered in obituary. But for me, these little slips of paper are a reminder of the mundane and the day-to-day lives we lead. A funny thing my son said or buying a book that turned out to be a favorite. As we move to a digital landscape where our memories are cataloged and stored by Google and Apple, it's nice to hold a tiny reminder and remember things for myself about the year that's passed. 
And with that, we're here at episode number 58 of Feast Your Ears, and I'm very happy to have with me in the studio Dan Churchill, who is a food enthusiast, author, surfer, and uh, a lot of other things. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, I really appreciate it, and uh, being the first one of 2017, let's start it off with a bang. Yeah, sounds great. So, um, Dan, please introduce yourself and tell the tell myself and the listeners a little bit about, about you. I mean, obviously, I've done a bunch of research, but uh, they probably are guessing you're from Australia from your accent. But beyond <laughs> that, they probably don't know anything. So, you know, how do you introduce yourself when somebody says, oh, who are you? Yeah, great question. Um, so I, I say Dan Churchill. Um, I'm a chef, author, and a person who's got a master's in exercise science. So kind of, you know, to me, I cover... A lot of basis when it comes to education, food, um, but to be honest, I'm a guy from Australia who's a surfer, um, loved his food, and it, it, it took him to New York. That's that's my story. Awesome. And so uh, so you grew up in Sydney? Yeah, I grew up in Sydney, a place called the Northern Beaches, which is a stretch of about 20 beaches that run south, north to south, um, extending from a place called Mom, uh, Palm Beach right down to Manly, and it's a beautiful place really just every morning you've got sunrises and and really beautiful uh skies it's a it's an amazing place and very slow compared to new york city but i'm I'm loving the contrast yeah sound I, it sounds like the kind of place that i wish i had been this past week this past week in new york was like you know the to me having lived here for a long time like the epitome of like the crappiness of winter like it snowed it was cold and then they salted the roads and the sidewalks were all mush as just dirty and gross it's funny you say that because someone like myself who, who who never has experienced snow before i'm the guy snapchatting outside it's snowing everyone's inside in their pjs having soup and i'm outside running around as if it's the first day of christmas or something like really exciting meanwhile my friends in uh you know australia and, and the southern hemisphere are sending me bright sunshine <laughs> hot summer days so um i i loved it i loved it i mean don't get me wrong i i love the the snow mm. i feel like that you have like a window like when it starts snowing new york is beautiful and magical sure. in the middle of a snowstorm it's kind of quiet yeah. outside it's amazing i mean i love being in like you know the the walking down the middle of a street in the mid at night in a snowstorm in new york is an amazing it's feeling. gorgeous it's just the like 12 hours after it stops <laughs> it sort of like turns to muck and it's just kind of gross well that's when i say to people it's it's perfect time for baking yep get your slow cooker out <laughs> exactly. look at all those recipes that you want to make out of stocks and get uh, get slow cooking happening totally um so one of the things that i noticed when i looked uh when i started doing some research when i knew you were coming on the show um i looked at your website which is i want to make sure i get it right uh danielchurchill.com.au um, everybody should to take a look at that. There's lots of great information there. But I love, Dan, that you're, you say, my mission is to make people happier and food is my tool to do that. Yeah, it's, it's food, as we all know, um, listeners, is, is, it's an amazing thing. People, we have you know, a few times a day where we eat for obviously uh, we need to. But more importantly, it's probably our most exciting moments of our day, whether it be with friends, family, on our own. It's something that we get to really sit down and enjoy some tasty tastiness. But at the heart of it all, it's the one thing we all have in common. And I love that. I recently, so I went to 11 countries last year for some projects and uh, one of them was China where I obviously have no understanding of Mandarin, but I put a bowl of noodles and um, in front of a lady and she smiled at me. And it's moments like that that you know this is how amazing food is. And I love that. And 
at the end of the day, I want this world to be a happier place and food because it is so connecting. It is so universal. Uh, that is why it is my tool. And it's tasty. So it's, gonna, it's always going to be a win. <laughs> Take me through uh, sort of like a normal day in the life of Dan Churchill. <laughs> like, you know, what, what do you, I mean, you say, you mentioned uh, having a master's in uh, in. Uh, exercise science yeah ex- exercise science um and and uh, there's a lot of information on your site about uh about exercise and about sort of healthy living um so take me through like your normal like regimen what do you eat where do you what do you <laughs> kind of workouts do you do yeah so if, if it was a structured day in new york where i haven't been traveling and, and all that that's that's what we're going for you know i usually get up around um you know seven and i'll usually probably have something like a half banana just to get my energy going before going for like a run so i usually do cardio in the morning uh and the run kind of just sets my day it lets me think get my days and thoughts and things like that started and that's around the east village maybe down the uh east side river and it's it's an amazing amazing way to get get going and then through that i'll um i'll make breakfast and it's usually three scrambled eggs um, you know, with either avocado on a rice cracker or something like that, really tasty textural elements. Sometimes I uh, make the black beans. I'm loving the black beans here in America. I love your work. There's a good, there's uh, a good recipe on your site. Thank you. Your, yeah, your, uh, eggs and black beans. That's right. Mexican Mexican scrambled eggs. So if, please let me know what you think of that. Really simple, super cheap too. Didn't realize how black beans are so cheap. <laughs> um, and then throughout that, uh, I kind of get straight into stuck in some emails. Um, you know, that usually takes me through an hour and a half, two hours before I'll be really pushing on content. So I'll be doing some photos, working with, um, you know, people I work with. So my social media girl, Caitlin, and, and whatnot to dish out some really good content. Uh, lately, it's because of a restaurant. I've been pushing all my restaurant stuff that's coming up to be in the afternoon. So whether it be working with brokers, uh, working with my team to devise systems, things like that. Before I'll do... Um, and my lunchtime would be just a big bowl of salad. I want to say that it's like, you know, when you have the serving bowl, that's, that, that's actually my bowl. So it's not like I'd then serve people out of that. That's my bowl, big colorful number. Uh, and then I have an espresso in the afternoon and uh, I'm usually hitting the gym for some high intensity resistance training, more work, more photos, more, more cooking, more recipe testing. Um, and sometimes um, some some radio stuff, a lot of TV. I'm very fortunate to be doing some TV over here. And, and dinner time, and I'm cooking up some sort of uh, colourful number again or going to some friends who are now challenging themselves to cook for me, which is really exciting. Nice. Nice. So you've gotten people to get out of their habit of, uh, of takeout and now they're cooking for you? Yeah, yeah. It's great. Like I'm not, I love, let's be honest, like there's like 62,000 restaurants in, in New York. So I'm not, I'm all for it as well. And it gives me exciting times to experience what amazing chefs are doing in this city. But a lot of my friends uh, here, since I've been here, really love the idea of either using my recipes, my books to give themselves a skill that they you know previously have never really touched on um and it's a great way for us all to be you know together they ask me questions and um you know it's it's an awesome thing like tonight i'm going to a friend's place and we've been talking about it literally just talking to him via text and he's like what am i getting for dinner i'm like check check out page x and he's uh <laughs> we're doing a green masala tonight so um you know we're doing curry we've been doing a lot of middle eastern so he wants to be and i said let's do indian he's like perfect and i think it's a really awesome way to learn palate learn taste and at the end of the day like obviously it is a life skill you have to look after yourself but when people understand cooking as an art they generally they're surprised at how much they enjoy doing it 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, the at the Brooklyn Kitchen, you know, teaching people to love to learn to cook and helping them with that is what we do. And it's for me, it's it's something that um, you know, cooking is it's so important to our lives um and it brings me so much happiness right it brings me so much joy you feel this great sense of accomplishment and especially people if you've grown up and not learned how to cook i was lucky i learned how to cook from my parents sure um but you know just you know when i went to college all i had 10 roommates nobody knew how to cook right <laughs> and there were all these kids who were like i'm gonna be vegan i'm gonna do this i was never a vegan but i was vegan by default because i sure. was one that cooked sure. and i learned how to make curry and i learned how to make soup and all this stuff and here everybody else is eating peanut butter and bread and peanut butter has a place right? it's a, oh, I mean, yeah. midnight snack Mid- you mentioned to me is, 100%. You know. but there's so much more fulfilling and as the world moves to being you know we are spending so much time on our phones we spend time on our computers people aren't you know they're not coming home from work and feeling like look at what i built you know they're not furniture makers necessarily and so you come home and you make something that's exactly right and for me i started cooking for that reason i started cooking because when i was 12 years old you know it was the we used to sit down as a family my brothers and mom and Dad, we used to watch TV um, one thing a week communally, and it was a, a cooking show, Jamie Oliver's cooking show. And we used to start, you know, asking questions with each other and really getting involved. But then it kind of, after being, you know, watching it weekly, we were being critical on what was going on, what the ingredients he was using in a good way. But then Dad all of a sudden started thinking, well, I can put this together and make like a timetable. And it was because we started to ask each other how our day was, how what we did during the day, and we realized it was that dinner time that that happened, that we really understood the power of food. So that's why I'm all, like if people go out to uh, a meal or they have dinner somewhere else or cook it, regardless, that's why I love food because you actually sit down, you put your phones away and actually ask someone how their day is. And not it's, it's not like, how are you going? It's like, hey, what's going on in your life? I want to know what you did today. And it's that presence with food that is just so magical. And so as you had experienced when you're in the dorms and whatnot, yeah. you had that moment of just putting a curry on the table and eating together. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and, and obviously you got some high fives and brownie points from the, uh, from the rest of your housemates too. And, and if I let them cook, I would have been eating horrible yeah. food. I mean, so it was much better that I did it. Uh, which brings me to, you know, your, uh, your email signature contains something which I, which I also really like, which says, rule number one, it must be delicious. That's correct. And I think that is a, a really great place to start from rather than starting from whether it needs to fuel your body or any of these other things. Like, it has to taste good. And it can taste good and do all these other things, right? Correct. Like I feel, uh, you know, working in the health area as prominently food, but working in the health area as well, I really realized that people uh, perceive food as this boring nature, this thing that they eat for for fuel. And that is the one thing that I really... Oh, I can't be against. I think food is such an enlightening part of our day. I never want people to look at it with displeasure. It is pleasurable, so I don't want that to ever be the case. And I'm, I'm partly Italian. Like, I say I'm fully Italian. I've got, like, a minor part. I'm talking if there was a drop of blood, that would be how much Italian having me, but I feel spiritually Italian. And, you know, they obviously know their food, and yeah. they don't eat to live. They live to eat. And... I never want people to feel that they're fueling their body with food. I want the, you know, the, the food to be enlightening them. So hence why whenever I talk about health, health, 
healthy food, it must be delicious because there's obviously the other aspects of health which become hormonal. So you actually release serotonin and endorphins when you're actually eating. So it's actually an exciting part, but also those things are very beneficial for you. And if you look at something that's boring, like a plastic piece of chicken that is terrible and it doesn't give you those endorphins, then it's not healthy. So right. it's, it's actually true. Sure. Or you grab a, you know, grab a hamburger on the go and eat it while you're walking down the street or eat it in your car in the parking lot. Right. It doesn't do those things it for you. It doesn't do those things. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about why you've chosen on your site to make, um, to make the dollars so sort of important um, in terms of in terms of how you frame your recipes, you had a post around the holidays that was a ten person feast for under twenty dollars, and then in a lot of your recipes, including the the black bean Mexican breakfast one you were talking about, um, you talk about what the cost is approximately. Yeah. So I'd like to hear about sort of where that idea came from and why you do it. Well, uh, you know, it's 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 extended from the fact that being twenty seven, you're still in a younger younger age, you got all the young friends, and um, one of my first books was built around uh, getting people to cook real basic things but a lot of my followers and a lot of my friends they really want to know how to cook but on a budget and I'm realizing that you know cost of living is obviously it's going up but also I'm getting a lot of questions on hey Dan I want to start cooking but don't want to I don't want to cook with um, you know I don't want to break my bank so by devising a way to uh, create cost effective foods uh, and make them obviously still tasty but really simple I'm finding that people are actually going out and buying these ingredients actually fulfilling and doing it so and by putting a price up there i feel that it allows people to make the decision oh that's not not this week or maybe today oh that's great it's perfect i know how much i'm going to be spending and it's a really good way to understand how to look after yourself so you know if i put a five dollar meal up there it's going to serve three people versus them going out to dinner and spending 20 bucks each yeah, that's yeah. Before drinks, ex- before drinks, exactly. It's it's not cheap. So, yeah. by doing it and doing it at home, it's also a way of people saying, "Wow, I can really save money. I can make a tasty meal. It can be healthy, and it's obviously going to be delicious." And I, I you know, I make a, a life skill of myself. This is yeah. something I can do on a regular basis. And once you make that connection, people go, "I can, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this." So, and then I also think that you know, we we are. In my opinion, and I'm not an economist, but, you know, I think we're headed for, uh, you know, some kind of an economic downturn. We've been, you know, cyclically, these things happen every eight to ten years. We're heading into it. I personally don't think that the president-elect is going to do good things for the economy, <laughs> particularly New York's always kind of a bubble. But one of the things I remember from 2008 in New York City um, is that, you know, we had lots of people coming to the Brooklyn Kitchen who wanted to learn how to cook because they wanted to save money. Sure. Because in New York, you know, we're all out and about all the time. And if you're eating dinner out six, seven times a week, a great way to save money is to suddenly cook at home three or four nights a week. But people needed the skills to do that. And I think the framing of your recipes is a really good way for people to come to understand that, you know, instead of grabbing a bacon, egg and cheese on the way to the train for $4, for 250 they can make your breakfast and eat it at home and save the money and be healthier. Yeah, 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 exactly. And learn how to do it in bulk so you yep. don't, and save the time. I think um, one of the things as well was since we're doing some stuff on the chew, like one, uh, we realized that Americans and, and uh, actually the world in general, what they're after is three things. They want it quick, they want it uh, healthy, and they want it cost effective. So if we can put those three things together and um, you know reach as many homes as possible, then, then we're winning. And you can look at your overall spending throughout the week and reduce it to like 20% of what it already is. Yep. 
Absolutely. We're going to take a quick uh, quick station break here and hear from one of our sponsors. Uh, when we come back, I want to hear about your restaurant, um, and I also want to get some uh, some tips for uh, for how to better how to how to better frame your sort of workouts. Sure. Chefs and restaurants are proud of the food they put on the table, and serving produce that comes from local, environmentally responsible farms is a way to leave an even better taste in everyone's mouth. So when shopping for your ingredients, look for the New York State Grown and Certified Seal. It lets you know which food is grown right, right here in New York State, certifying the food that comes from local farms that meet a higher standard. You'll not only be serving local food, you'll be supporting local farmers. Learn more about the New York State Grown and Certified Program at certified.ny.gov. Welcome back to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Brooklyn Kitchen. And in the studio today, if you're just joining us, I have Dan Churchill. And before the break, we were talking about uh, food and economy and how you can make much better meals at home. Or not necessarily better, but you can you can stay on a budget and make really great healthy meals at home. And uh, Dan, I want to hear about your restaurant. So you have a restaurant project in the way. You've, you've written three books, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fortunate to have written three books. Sorry, very fortunate to have written three books. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got a restaurant coming out, and I'm very excited to actually have people tasting my food. Um, they've they've seen it all on TV. They've seen it in my books. They've seen it on my blog, and now they they want they want to eat it. So I'm looking forward to that happening in New York. Cool. And so tell me the tell me the framework. What what kind of restaurant is it going to be? Is it going to be breakfast, lunch, dinner, open all day? Sure, sure, sure. It's it's a fast casual QSR concept, so it's scalable. So hopefully we are going around the rest of America too. Um, but uh, effectively, it's displaying healthy, colorful meals, are uh, very quick and efficient with a third wave coffee element. So by means of of um, those big bowls I was telling you about, those big salad bowls and uh, colorful, uh, built around spreads. So we've got the avocado smashes, which you have on open face sandwiches or open face spreads. Uh, and then I'll be doing Created, that. Created, as I understand it, Australia Correct. was the, was the, 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 prime, the, the originator, <laughs> patient zero, if you will, of the avocado toast. We don't claim a lot, <laughs> but I think I'll put my flag in this one. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we us saw the Kiwis, but we'll always claim it over the Kiwis. So, um, yeah, we've got those kind of things coming out. But it's, it's a model that's ideal for really quick, efficient, but a lifestyle trend, a lifestyle um, brand in itself. So obviously there's a product there for you to enjoy, but there's also more um, in terms of, you know, we're going to be doing festivals and things like that to be part of. So we're really creating a lifestyle brand here. And uh, approximately when do you have a an like when when can people find and taste this food? It's going to be around April. We're looking cool. at two locations right now, about to sign the sign the leases on, and it's a very quick build. So very excited by it. So and what's um, it going to be called? It's called Charlie Street. All right. Yeah, you actually, no one's heard that. This you, you heard it first here right. in the yeah. radio station right now. Scoop the scoop. So yeah, it's very exciting. Very and, exciting. and what does the name come from? Uh, it's funny. So Charlie Strite was the name of a man who invented the toaster. 
I think he's from Alabama, I believe. Mm. So we are considering how, um, you know, uh, avocado toast and the relationship between that and Australia, we decided to call it Charlie Street because Street is a very much a uh, Australian way of naming a restaurant. So by having Charlie Street uh, Street as the uh, the name, you obviously have it relates to the story and and you know something very close to home too. Huh. I had a my I had a family friend when I was growing up who called himself Mr. Toaster who was like a world renowned toaster collector. Wow. He had I, you know a couple thousand toasters or something. Okay. Like that. So Maybe we should change the name yeah. or or you know I'm sure he's got his name patented somewhere or something yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. That's crazy. I forget I forget his actual name but I just we always knew him as Mr. Toaster. Has he ever gone on Hoarders that Hoarder show? I, he, he to be, to be honest I mean I, you know I'll have to check with my dad. He may not even be alive anymore. I don't oh know. wow. I mean this was you know this is going back like 25 almost 30 years well he's he's been the you know if he's not here bless him and his toasters will remain with serious serious memories yeah absolutely so i want to talk about uh about the gym right it's the it's the time of resolutions right the most popular resolutions are that people want to eat healthy (laughs) we say this as we look at amazing roberta pizzas (laughs) outside yes no 100 percent. and beer i think right that guy's got a beer on the table yeah he's he's looking good he's uh probably gonna get through second as well power power lunch power lunch exactly um but, you know, lots of people resolve every year to go to the gym, to lose a few pounds, to eat healthier. Um, and, you know, going to the gym is something that I love. I mean, I, I love working out, but I find a hard time. I have a hard time fitting it into my life between work. I have two children. It's a lot. And the thing about the gym that's always been true and it's true for everybody, it has to be convenient. Right. So if you're going to go to the gym, it's got to be convenient. I had a wonderful gym that I loved that had really great classes that had good machines that was convenient for a long time. Given the way that Brooklyn changes, that building has been torn down to build a condo. So I lost my gym that was most convenient. Um, you have a post up about three exercises that are really great that can be done in a small space. Um, I don't know. Is there enough room in the studio? 100%. I could do it right now if you wanted to. Well, why don't I do it? Okay. All right. I mean, I, you know, why don't I, like, I'll do, I'll do it. You can talk about the about sure. what it is and I'll try it out and okay. see what we think. So. Okay. Right, well. So you talk and I'll, I'm going to move away from the mic. Okay. So how... <laughs> <laughs> you want me to explain the situation as well? Yeah, tell, listeners? Tell, me, tell me what to do. Uh, this is I'll... great. Wow. Okay. So, Nobody can see this. So that's okay. Good. Yeah, I'll have to describe it. Harry, if you can get into a push-up position for me. All right. Okay. What you're going to do is one push-up, and you're going to bring your right uh, right knee to your right elbow and do another push-up. Right. Yeah, that's correct. I'll put it back down. So put it... <laughs> he just did a tri-squat, a tri-push-up. So then do another push-up and he do look, exactly the same thing with your left. So he looks, left. He looks like he's kind of struggling a he's little doing bit. Well. No, he's doing well. Performs great. And then put it back. That's it. So go back to your push-up. Okay. Okay. And go again. So push-up. Okay, right knee to left elbow. I haven't been in a long time. Okay, and then put it back down. Put, yeah, that's it. Push-up. Repeat the other side. Got it. Okay, and then repeat again. So then you go push-up and then right to right. So what we're doing here is we're really working on, first off, your muscular endurance. A push-up is one of the best things you can do for you. It incorporates a lot of your core and, and really helps with your posture too. So how are you feeling there, hey? Is it, feeling good. Heart's he's feeling pumping. good. Heart's, yes. Lungs are, lungs are moving. We have the sound effects too. <laughs> so because you're using a lot of muscle groups, that's where your heart elevates because it has to look after not just one major muscle group at all of them so your next exercise this is one of my favorites right. okay so you're going to do a squat for me so all into right. a squat stance he's wearing jeans by the way so i commend them okay so stand up okay going to go this time what i want you to do is as you squat you're going to go down into a push-up position so squat okay so and then come thrust, yeah right? yeah and then come so out that's it now put you bring your feet back in okay and stand and repeat 
Cool. So what we're doing here is we're going from a squat position using your major legs and then going back up, work on your posture. And because what you can do to make, to make it even more hectic is in stand. Now jump. Okay. Squat down. That's it. Now do a push up. Okay. Stand and jump. Awesome. Can you do about 10 of them? <laughs> no, I think I won't get through the rest of the interview if I do. But- sure. And sure. The third one, right? And the sh- exactly. And the third one, this is where you go onto your back for me. Maybe hard in jeans. Okay. Okay. So what you're going to do is have your hands over your head. Okay. Lift your feet off the ground. Yep. Cool. Now what I want you to do is a roll forward and then stand. Oh, all the way forward? Yeah. That I can't do in jeans. <laughs> but I get so, it. Yeah. So you roll forward. Exactly. Forward and then. Stand up. Then you jump again and then back down and roll. So he's done an amazing job. So the three exercises on the blog, guys. So danielchurchill.com.au. Very well. Let's give a round of applause. Well done. The idea behind <laughs> the idea behind it is, yeah, obviously, yeah, convenience is huge, uh, and I think the biggest thing comes from I mean, he's still puffing. He's done a very good job. Uh, is from I haven't him. been to the gym in a while. It's been a rough, <laughs> rough fourth quarter. Well, it's a good time to start, though, isn't it? Um, in, in I always say motivation has to come from within. So that's the first thing we talk about anything health related. And that, what I mean by that is if I tell you you have to go to the gym, then it's not going to happen. It's from you going, okay, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go do some exercise. Or, I'm going to do this. So that's the first thing. And you've got to work out what is it that makes you tick. Um, but if you don't have a gym or anything nearby, the idea is to have you know, a few exercises that will start your metabolism, start using major muscle groups. And you, you saw that just then. You're puffing. Like oh, that. Yeah. So by using more muscles, your body has to recover by taking on oxygen. And that's how we get... That's a puffing effect. Right. That's that's where your metabolism increases using more muscles than by just doing an arm curl. I mean, you don't get you don't get uh, puffed. Not gonna, by, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to get ripped. Exactly, it, but that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> so one of the things for me, you talk about time, right? Mm. And I talked about convenience, and it is about finding time. Mm. I find often in the past it had always been about what can I trade. So do I give up my coffee my morning meeting in order to make time do i leave work a little early in order to make time do i go out in the evening for me mornings are best for working out and so what i'm going to recommend you can hear i'm still i'm out of breath (laughs) um for me one of the things that i've found is that it's true for other things as well not just working out so I'm about to finish a book about vinegar called Vinegar Revival. Congratulations. Thank Do you. we have a name? Uh, vinegar Revival. It is, is Vinegar Revival. Yep. Awesome. Amazing. It comes out in August of uh, this year. Just for those who are playing at home? Yep. So in order to write that book, I found the easiest thing for me was just to get up really early. Cool. So... What I would recommend to anybody and what I will probably try and do now that I know these great exercises, uh, I don't know if I can jump in my apartment and might wake up my kids, but figure out a way to do some of these things. Even if it's getting up 15 minutes early, it's not as hard as you think. Exactly. So if you normally get up at 7, you can get out of bed at 6.30. It's not that hard. And what I found with it is that having that time, especially if you live in a hectic environment, family, children, pets... Being able to have like half an hour to yourself in the quiet in the morning is 
Excellent. It's a great way to start the day. Yeah, yeah. I think when it comes to these kind of things, these decisions, you've got to find out what works for you. So there's no good me saying, okay, at 6.30, you're going to do this when maybe at 6.30, you're breastfeeding, for example. Right. You know, you got to find out what works for you. And for me, I spoke earlier, like I do, I sometimes, majority of the time, do two sessions a day. One's cardio, one's high intensity resistance. Like I'm, I'm got a, uh, an online program coming out, so I want to make sure I look uh, up to scratch. Right. But at the same time, I schedule in my time. So if I have, it's like having a meeting. If I, yeah. I'm working out at seven till seven forty-five for a run. I know between six and six, uh, sorry, seven fifteen. I'm unreachable because I'm doing a workout. So that means I block those times out. That's what works for me. And so that's I, I started by doing that. Some people just like to write a, write down an exercise plan and going. Okay, I know I'm going to do this workout, but I'll have to find one hour of the day to do it. If I haven't done it yet and it hits seven p.m., I'm still going to the gym. Sure. That's that works. And I see them. people out running yeah. at ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Which I mean by the time I get to that point in the day, I'm fried. <laughs> I can't I can't even imagine like going for a run at ten PM. It's but ridiculous. Works for some people. Yeah, right. So we're uh, we're nearing the end here, Dan. But I want to make sure. So you have a restaurant coming up. Awesome. Uh, I know you've done a bunch of appearances on the Chew, mm-hmm. and if you end uh, Good Morning America. Good Morning right? America. Yeah. Um, do you have any other any appearances coming up? Any other things you want? Yeah, to Yeah, there's things coming out on Food Network. So uh, keep updated with that. Uh, you obviously check my my social media, Dan underscore Churchill for Instagram, uh, DanielChurchill.com.au for my website and more information on blogs and whatnot. Uh, but I have an online program coming out which incorporates health but also recipes so you're going to be getting a video recipe every single day with two accompanying steel shot recipes and a workout video uh, and so whether or not you want to do both whether you just want to learn how to cook simple food uh, efficiently and cost effectively that's that's going to be coming right to your doorstep every single day so uh, stay tuned for more on that and i um, looking forward to getting the response from you amazing listeners awesome well uh, that finishes up uh, our episode today. But thank you, Dan, for coming in. Really appreciate it. Of course. Uh, I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Brooklyn Kitchen, and thank you for listening today. Big thank you to Kristen Baylor, who's my producer, and David Tattashore for engineering this show. You can find Feast Your Ears, as well as lots of other great shows, at heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes or Stitcher. And please take a moment to like the show wherever you listen, if you do, in fact, like it. And if you have any questions, you can reach me via email. Harry at thebrooklynkitchen.com. And you can follow me on social media at thefoodballer. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.